Thanks for listening to the Issue Podcast. If you like what you hear, then be sure to catch us every week on all streaming services. Make sure to follow our social media. All links can be found in the description of our episodes. And make sure you're emailing us your thoughts. Our email is theissuemailbox at gmail.com. Also, sign up for our newsletter. You can do that by going to our website that we have linked in the episode. All you have to do is put in your email and click sign up. Guys, don't forget to like, subscribe, share with your friends, and thank you for listening to The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Saturday, June 5th. Fifth, and uh, we have a very good episode for you loaded. Uh, three segments today. We're going to start doing our episodes in three segments. Yeah, we figured we'd rather get you better episodes once a week. Cover everything. That's what we're aiming for. Maybe twice. We'll see. But if we can get once a week, just nail everything you guys need to know. Make it a nice, simple, just listen to it one day. Boom, get on. We know you guys are busy. We're busy. So, right. you know. Get your get your one stop shopping sports news here once a week. You're good to go. Exactly. We also have a lot of news this week to roll out for the show. Yeah. Um, we now have our website up. Um, you can the, the link to the website is in the description of the episode. You okay. can go down, click that. It's a longer link. It's www.theissuepodcast.godaddy.com. Yeah. Um, but the the link will be in the description. You can also find it in our link tree on all of our social media. But our website is up, which means our newsletter is up. So if you guys want to subscribe to the Issue newsletter, it's 100% free. You don't have to sign up for the newsletter. You're going to go to our website. You don't have to pay for it. Right. You don't have to sign up for it if you don't want to. But you don't have to pay. If you are going to sign up for it, it is free. It's going to be about once a week, you know? Probably once. A week. I'd say once a week, yeah. yeah. And uh, any like show updates, you know, news on episodes coming out, and then we're also going to have kind of a breakdown of sports news in there for you as well. So you're just going to head over to our website. It should be on that homepage there. You scroll down, put in your email, hit sign up. It's free, and then go and confirm it, uh, and you will be getting our newsletters. Probably going to start with that, I'd say, next week. Yeah. Um, yep. Once uh, we see some people sign up, so yeah, it'll be it'll be cool. Right, we'll have a graphic to post on Instagram. Also, go follow us on Instagram at the underscore issue podcast, and then our Twitter is just at the issue podcast. Also, summer's coming up. Shred that last little layer of fat there. So go to raiseenergy.com. Rep Sports as well. You can find it through that. Um, Rep Sports Raise Energy, all the same brand. Go in there, find their summer shred bundle. They have a fat burner shaker bottle all that good stuff use code timbo at checkout for some discounts and more burn that last layer of fat get the summer bodies going you know if you're an athlete looking into summer season want to shred off that last pound there steal a couple bases you know <laughs> go out and do it and uh throw code timbo in there exactly Take a little money off for you uh we're gonna have a lot of show news coming out within the next couple weeks uh we have a lot in the works here uh but for now like i said that that website's new Go check it out. Go sign up for our newsletter. Um, and then make sure anywhere you're listening to the podcast, subscribe. Follow us. Turn on post notifications so you know when new episodes come out. Do that on our Instagram. Our Facebook is up now, too. Uh, all this can be found in the link tree, of course. But today, we have a lot to get to. We're going to start yeah, with I, uh, your rant. Yeah, I want to start with something. So, rarely in like life, especially in sports, pretty much anything, right, in your job, 
people don't really grow out of their bad habits, right? So maybe a little bit here and there, right? You're, you're Generally speaking, you bite your nails, you're going to bite your nails, right? right? You're a little bit reckless, you're going to be reckless. It, it is what it is. In some capacity, you are who you are. By 25, you know, if you're, if you're kind of a risk taker, at 35, you're probably going to be a risk taker. It, it is what it is. Also in sports, if you're hurt at 25, 26, 27, you're going to probably be hurt at 35. So Cam Newton is hurt again. He bruised a bone in his throwing hand during, listen to this carefully here, non-contact OTAs. How do you bruise a hand in non-contact OTAs? I've never been a quarterback in the NFL level, but I, I would assume that that'd be kind of tough to do. So can we now accept that Cam Newton is an injury-prone quarterback? We've accepted it with Jimmy Garoppolo. We've accepted it with a lot of other players throughout the years. Melvin Gordon gets banged up here and there's a running back. We don't really pay for running backs because we know they get banged up. We can accept the fate of other positions and other quarterbacks. Can we accept the fate of Cam? He's been hurt almost a dozen times in about as many years. Look, people who tear their ACLs moving out of college dorms when they're 24, I have a strong feeling their knee is not going to be better by 35. They're going to have some, some limitations, and they're not even pro athletes. You can see Cam Newton, all these nagging injuries, hip, quad, hamstring, you know, shoulder. His shoulder got messed up. It's there's there's a toll. There's a toll. He doesn't throw the ball with as much zip. He doesn't have as good touch over the top. His footwork's eh. Look, he's fine. He's going to be better this year than last year. He's got a whole other off season under that system. They've got eight opt outs coming back. He's going to be better. But let's call a spade a spade. Cam gets hurt. That that's what he is at this point in his career. Cam Newton gets hurt. And when he's played, he's been. About the 23rd to 4th to about the 27th to 8th best quarterback in the league at any given time in the last three years. Last season, Cam, you know, toughed out 15 games, right? Well, he threw for 177 pass yards a game. That's 30th in the NFL. 65.8% completion percentage. That's 16th. So that's just that average. He's got an 8-10 to 10 touchdown-to-interception ratio. That's the bottom fourth of the league. He was a was pro football reference, ranked him, I want to say, the 26th best quarterback behind guys like Daniel Jones, Teddy Bridgewater, Mitch Trubisky, Drew Locke. But that Superman, no. He's not the same guy anymore. He's just not built to be a 16 Game-of-year guy, now 17-per-year guy. He's just not built to be that guy. He can give you average on a good day. And that's mostly from his ability running the football. He had 12 rushing touchdowns, best in the league last year as a, as a quarterback. If he couldn't run the football, he would not be a starting quarterback. He's average just because of what he can do running the football. He's so far below average throwing the football. He's got to make up for it to at least get to average. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if the Patriots are rolling out Mac Jones week 9, 10, somewhere around there, because Cam's either A, hurt, or B, has a nagging injury that won't, you know, he's either really hurt or nagging injury that won't let him on the field. Mac Jones got to come in for a game. Probably probably will do decent. You know, they have decent receivers now. The coaching staff will get him at least an average game. Cam's like a super athlete. Yes, I get it. But you can't just survive in the NFL as a limited thrower. Josh Allen who could run just as good, if not better, than Cam. Before this past breakout season with the Bills, he was on the fringe of losing favor in Buffalo because of his throwing inconsistencies. 
He was awful two years ago. Awful. They were going to run him out of town maybe last year before this breakout season. Now, he's consensus top seven quarterback in the league, maybe even higher. He's a future superstar, I think, and I think a lot of people believe that. So now I'm thinking, why why is Cam, why is he the guy? Well, I think because Bill Belichick in 20-some years has rarely been uncomfortable with his quarterback position. He's had the most dependable quarterback on the planet until last year, Tom Brady. Then he experiences something new, a Cam Newton experience. Not a huge fan of the inconsistency, the losing, the just not looking good from play to play, not really knowing what you're getting. So what is he going to avoid? Another new quarterback. He thinks that Cam Newton is the most comfortable option at quarterback. Now, yeah, that, that with that roster, I can argue that with the eight opt-outs that they lost, right, the new signings uh, totally revamped the offensive side of the football. All their opt-outs coming back on defense. They had a decent draft. That's a, that's probably a top-five AFC roster. With their coaching staff as well, that's a top-five roster right there. But they're not going to play like that. I'm, I'm thinking right now they'd probably lose to KC, Baltimore, Cleveland, off the rip, no problem. Buffalo, I think, beats them fairly easily. I think the Colts, if Carson Wentz is upright and at least average, beat them. They have a better offensive line, better, probably better weapons. Their defense at least has a better pass rush. The back end, closer to equal. I think there's a better running game in Indianapolis. I think Pittsburgh matches up really well, being able to get to Cam or Mack or whoever their quarterback is. And I think Miami gives the Pats troubles. Even Brady's last year there, Miami gave him, gave him fits. And Miami wasn't really even that competitive. They started that season, what, 0-7, 0-8, something like that? Miami's going to give them some problems. This team will be good this year. I, st- I still think they're, the Patriots are going to be a good team, especially with their coaching. But they have a defined ceiling. And it's, it's because of their quarterback position. You cannot win a Super Bowl with the 10th, or I'm sorry, the 12th quarterback or worse in the last 20 years. It hasn't been done in the last 20 years. You can't be the 12th or worst best quarterback in the league and win a Super Bowl. It just isn't going to happen. You just can't do it. And so people say, oh, the Pats can do this and can do that. No, Cam's not going to stay healthy. You're probably going to have to start Mac Jones a couple games. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably get a wild card spot because their coaching staff is great and they have a fairly easy schedule. This isn't a Super Bowl team. I don't think this is an AFC championship team. I think they probably get bounced in the first round as a wild card team. I really do. I think I think Buffalo is a way better team. I think Miami gives them a run for the second place in that division. I wouldn't be surprised if they're a 9-8 and team that misses the playoffs. The AFC is really competitive this year. It's just my take. I don't know. They always say, when you're talking about an NFL quarterback, right, we heard it about Baker all season last year. Your quarterback is either helping you or they are the thing that's hurting you and they are the reason for your ceiling being so low a truck or a trailer right so like you said it's never been done before where the 12th best or worse than that quarterback has ever won a super bowl it's assets versus liability yeah well not not in the last 20 years since brady came into the league anyone who's 12th or worse or makes more than tom brady hasn't won a super bowl yeah, which Cam, that's not a problem because he's not making more than Brady. But yeah, right. But when you look at a guy that got literally injured in training camp when you're not even allowed to hit each other, like you're saying in OTAs, it's not even training camp. It's just optional yeah. workouts, basically. It just it's you know you're either an asset or a liability. And I think when we talk about this twelfth twelfth or worse 
threshold here. If you're in the top, I'd say I, maybe the number was 15. Anyway, okay, we'll go half. We'll go top half. Like we'll be generous. Yeah. If you're not in the top 15 quarterbacks, you just I, you can't win a Super Bowl. You right. can't win a Super Bowl. And I'm sorry. His, um, I don't know, injury proneness. Yeah, for lack of a better word. Right. We should put him in the game that we're going to have at the end of the episode today. We'll, we'll get that hammered okay. out of the break. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be good. It's going to be a good game, yeah. So we're going to get into a little bit of baseball coming up here, some hockey news, a little bit of college baseball, MLB baseball news. College baseball is so exciting. Oh, oh yeah, my God, especially awesome. down the stretch. The College really World is. Series going to Omaha. Come yeah. on now. We're going to have a little debate in the third segment here and a game. It's going to be a little bit of a fun segment there. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be good. But uh, how about that hit in that Winnipeg game? Okay. So Winnipeg Montreal. What is that sec- second round? Right. Yeah, explain the situation real quick. So it's second round. It is. I think there was like fifty seconds left in the game. Montreal's up four three. Winnipeg's got an empty net. Montreal throws the puck down the ice. There's a guy there. Like I don't know if they got caught in a change or something like that. Montreal had a guy pretty much alone down at Winnipeg's net. It's an empty net. He goes for a wraparound. He comes around the net. This this guy by the name of um, Mark she- Sheafley, Chef- yeah. Sheffley? Mark, Mark Sheffley, yeah. Absolutely demolishes Montreal's Jake Evans. Yeah. Evans ends up getting the goal. 5-3, ices the game. So good for him. Gets knocked unconscious. Stretchered off. Now Mark Sheafley, Sheffley, whatever. Suspended four games. If you actually look at the hit, charging, yes, but was it was it dirty to the point where he should be suspended four games? No, I don't I've seen Tom Wilson commit assault on the ice and get less than four games. This guy put a shoulder into the chest. Maybe it got a little bit high, so you want to go charging? That's fine. But four games. Okay, I, watching the hit the first time, it looks like a brutal, nasty hit, right? And it is, but it's not all that illegal. Yes, the shoulder came up a little high and got him in the face area. I think lower face, like like chin. It was like upper chest, maybe a little neck. And maybe caused him that... I think the majority of the injury from that hit came from him hitting the ice, just falling and hitting the ice the way his neck and head hit off the ice. Oh, yeah. Also, look at the context of the game. It's a playoff game. The guy from Winnipeg, Mark Mark Sheafley, is trying to prevent a goal that ices the game. It's yeah. not like he's going out there with malicious intent. He's trying... That guy, the puck is an inch from the net. You have to blow that guy up. Right. The only play to get that puck out of the net, if you go for the puck, you're too slow. There's just no shot. And it's... You have to try to blow that guy up or at least have him see you and move out of the way. Also, I'm not trying to make Jake Evans like a... I'm not trying to put any blame on him for getting blown up. But that it's the end of a playoff game. You know you're down alone. You're an empty net. You think people are just going to come down there and love tap you? No. You're going to... you got to have your head up. Yeah, you got to have your head on the swivel. He was looking down at the puck. He had no idea where anyone was at. You got to have a little bit more ice awareness. Well, the argument that annoys me the most is when I hear people talk about, "Oh, well, he shot the puck. The puck was off of his stick." 
Dude, that's so bang bang. Yeah. If you look at the time from when he sh- actually shot the puck into the net to when he got hit, it's literally milliseconds. It's fractions of seconds. You're breaking down frame by frame of a game that's moving. I would love to know how fast that guy was moving top speed when he was skating towards him. Well, I mean, if you think humans can can sprint at like 20-something miles an hour, you're going to be faster on skates because you have that glide. Yeah. So you're probably moving up around, I'd say, upwards 20 miles an hour plus. Probably. I don't, Just look it up. How fast can a human skate? Yes. How fast can an NH, NHL player skate? I'm interested now. <laughs> About 20 miles an hour. Yeah, okay. So he's moving 20 miles an hour, flying down the ice. That's fast. 20 miles an hour for a human. And you want him to fast. just pull up. And, and just stop right there, throw snow, and just let him score? Yeah. Come on. It's a, it's a playoff game. So he's, he's not trying to go out there and, and kill Jake Evans, okay? Um, I, I think four was a little too much. I think so, too. I don't think the intent was there to suspend him for four games. Tom Wilson goes out there intending to destroy people. Uh, outside the play, he'll just go put an elbow in, in someone's ear. Mm-hmm. Out, like, way away from the play. Or, like, smack him in the back of the neck with a stick. And he never gets caught for it, either. And he'll get, like, one game. And I'm like, what are we doing? He'll get fined, like, five grand. I'm like, I'll pay the five grand. That's nothing. <laughs> are you kidding me? You're gonna you're spending five grand? That's, like, what, half a game check? Like, come on. It's like a drop in the bucket for those guys. Yeah. Like, that doesn't even matter. So I just, I, that, that annoyed me a little bit. I'm, I'm not sure that four games is worth it for that hit. Now, I'm excited to see the next game because, oh, it is going to be chippy. Oh, my gosh. Nothing beats playoff hockey. I could watch playoff hockey all day. Especially when there's drama and beef between the teams going into a game like this. It, um... Oh, it makes for makes for some fun hockey watching. Yeah, I agree. Did you catch that uh, Bruins and Islanders game three when uh, Marchand hit that uh, the overtime game winner? I did. So the Islanders controlled the whole overtime period mm-hmm. and most of the third period. Controlled the last like twenty minutes of the game. Marchand skating down weird angle sneaks one in a little crevice of Varlamov. Yeah, I actually far side. It was beautiful goal. Beautiful goal. It was actually a surprise shot. He was kind of looking away, and then real quick looks back. Absolute beauty of a shot. So Boston leads that series 2-1. to one. Um, Let's just get into the news now. We'll just keep updating yep. you with some, some NHL news while we're here. Um, what, what are some other series? Yeah, we'll go around the league here Okay, so the, the Golden Knights cut the deficit in their series from 2-0 to 2-1. They beat the Avalanche last night. Uh, let's see, three to two. Okay, three two, and so now the deficit's two to one. Wow, they scored twice in forty five seconds. I know. I think Flurry played pretty well. Um, games tonight though, the Hurricanes and the Lightning go into Game Four. Lightning up in that series two to one. Uh, three seed Lightning over the one seed Hurricanes. Up yeah, it was one. looking kind of rough there because uh. The Hurricanes have lost both of their games at home. So what's going on here in sports, right? I don't follow the NBA too much, but I do like the playoffs. There's some interesting storylines, stuff like that. The home teams, as of like three days ago or two days ago, the home teams in the NBA playoffs went like 5-10 and 10 or like 5-15 and 15 or some, some kind of crazy number like that. And I've seen a lot of these NHL teams losing at home too. What What's going on? I don't know. Um... All these, I know all these it's home probably, teams losing. 
it's probably strange to be a player right now when you think about the fact like they're used to playing in front of like 20,000 fans in an arena. Yeah. And then they go to zero fans in a bubble and then they start slowly coming back to capacity. And now most places are almost back to full capacity, if not already. So I think it might be a little bit of adjustment for that, but I mean, you're dealing with the same crowd on the road either way. Yeah. I just think actually, I think we've missed fans so much that even, even opposing fans are giving away teams energy. Yeah. Like just the energy, even if they're against you, just the energy of fans and just, you can't deny it. I don't care if you're an opposing player. If you walk into a full arena, even if that arena is hating you, it feels good to be back to some sort of normalcy. Yeah, it's even good to see opposing fans in the stands. Like it just is. Right. So maybe they're feeding off that energy, and there's not as much of a quote unquote home ice or home court advantage or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. That's I, that's my theory. I, I have I don't noticed know. that a little bit. It's almost like you have a an away advantage now. Yeah. You know, I have been seeing a lot of those road teams come in and steal steel wins on the road which i mean credit to them that's a hard thing to do to walk into a hostile environment and pull out a pull out a win yeah that's i big. agree that's big um all right so how about coach k the duke um head basketball coach we don't really talk about basketball much but we both like college basketball oh, i love college basketball it's, it's kind of on the on the downfall right now i kind of hate duke though <laughs> Yeah, I'm, a, I, I, fan, I'm, so. I'm a Duke fan. I, I do like Duke. I, coach K is my favorite coach of all time. He's going to retire after this next season. So the 2021-2022 season mm-hmm. is going to be his last year. They've announced that John Shire, he's a former player at Duke, former pro player as well, yeah. played under Coach K, is going to take over for him I after like, that season. I like that. I like having a coach in waiting. That way you're not surprising it. Coach K said it best. It's it's tough to recruit without like you know someone in waiting. You're going to go to someone's house, talk to their family, and say, you know, hey, send your kid here. I have no idea what coach and what culture I'm going to bring him into, but why don't you just agree to come here anyway? Yeah. Or you can go into that family, sit down in the living room, look their parents in the eye and say, they're going to be in a good place. Hey, I coach John. He's a great guy. He's going to be an even better coach. He's been my assistant for a while. He knows the culture. It's going to be almost a younger version of me. It's going to be hard to replace me, you know, you know, you say that with maybe a little less ego, obviously, but right. you know it's hard to replace a legend. But John's going to do a great job. That family is comfortable saying, "Yep, our son's going to go there." So I, I like having a coach in waiting. I think it's good. Right. Um, also, I mean, Coach K has been such a dominant coach for so long. I mean, being a Kentucky basketball fan, he's what? given us some fits. I think he's had what two or three titles and. Uh, Four or five Final Fours, right? A lot of tournament runs, a bunch of ACC championships, He's, uh, most wins in in the history of college coaching. I would say he's a top three college head coach of all time. I think you're looking at like a like a John Wooden, him, maybe Dean Smith at UNC who coached Michael Jordan. I it's a very short list. He's on a list of maybe three to five all time coaches. And I think even when you're looking coaches of all time, including NBA. Mm-hmm. He's he's a top coach of all time basketball period. Yep. He even coached the uh, the Olympic team to a couple gold medals. So he he's a legend, right? He uh, definitely one of the best coaches. He is in a very elite coaching club, that's for sure. I worry about uh, even I, I do think John Shire is going to be a decent replacement. I do worry about just replacing a legend. Period. Right. I mean, it's, it's very so hard, to, hard do. to do. So hard to do. Um, and teams struggle with it but there's also teams that are very good at it and they'll yeah. find that next guy so yeah, you tough. know best of luke, luck best of luke 
best of luck to Duke basketball. Yeah. And uh, and Coach K's c- last year. Congrats to Coach K. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is an interesting story I wanted to talk about. The vaccine with COVID, we're not getting into you know the politics side of it. We're going to talk about the fact that the NFL has these tiers of access to their facility through through their internal you know training camps and and all their you know their buildings and stuff like that. There's like tiers of access. So if you're fully vaccinated, you have full access. I'm not sure about the mask protocol, but you're fully you're full access. You're allowed to do anything you want, go into any meeting, be there anytime you want. From from what I took of it, you have full access. You can do whatever you want, basically. Mm-hmm. And then there's this tier where it's like you're not vaccinated, so you have to wear a mask, and you're not permitted in certain meetings uh, because of your choice not to take the vaccine. Now, I'm not going to preach that you have to take it. I'm not going to preach that you shouldn't take it. Do whatever you want. Go to your doctor. They know your history. If they say get the vaccine and you want to get the vaccine, do it. If you don't want to do it, that's the beauty of America. It's your choice. But it's interesting. What if assistant coaches have to start missing meetings? Can that – so now what if, what if you're a head coach and you're looking at a guy who's kind of on the fritz of, you know, look at like a, like a defensive coordinator of a bad defense. And he's kind of on the – you're like eh, a little bit on the hot seat. And Andy doesn't have the vaccine, so now you're like, oh, well – now you're not doing your job. You're not. You're not providing a good defense, and you're not in meetings. Yeah, is that a reason to get fired? Probably. Who knows? It, it opens a whole can of of worms. Yeah, it's just not good. No. What do you think about it? I don't know. I I have my reservations about forcing somebody to get a get something medically done to them that hasn't been approved by the FDA yet, and so far is still an experimental drug, you know, I mean, or vaccine, whatever, it's still experimental. Uh, I find problems in forcing your employees to get that and saying you can't work unless you get this. I think that's a little bit of an overreach of power right there. Uh, But I do think it brings up some issues within the team, like you're saying of, look, if you're not going to, if you choose not to get the vaccine, that's 100% your choice. I'm not going to say either way. But it's going to impact your work now. So are you going to put the needs of your team first and get it so that you can be present in all the meetings? Not only your team, but your livelihood, your job, right. your right. income. Right. You right. Know your what family. I mean? Yeah, even or, more than just the team, your income. Period. Or are you not going to get it and possibly maybe deal with the implications of not getting it? Yeah. It, it, it's tough. I think... At that scenario, personally, obviously I'm not a coach and no one really cares about what I would do as, as a coach, an assistant coach, uh, someone in the front office, anything like that. I would get it. I would get it just to if be I, there. Especially the amount of money they're making, that's a really, really good income, especially if you're a fairly upper-end like position coach or somewhere in the uh, in the front office there. Yeah. I get it. Look, I'm sacrificing it. That, that's a really – that's a top 1% of jobs in in America. Being able to work for a, a franchise, an NFL franchise like that, and doing what you love—that that's a job where you show up every day and you're like, "Wow, this is a really good job." It's not—it's not a normal job. Yeah. That's that. Yeah, that's not a normal job. That's a hobby that you get paid to do. Yep. In that case, I'm getting the—I'm getting the vaccine. It mm-hmm. is what it is. But it does open up um, a lot of interesting questions, and uh, we'll see. So, do you remember a guy by the name of Malik Hooker? He went to—I want to say Newcastle. From mm-hmm. around the area. Mm-hmm. And he then went to Ohio State. He was a safety. Then the Colts drafted him, all pro. 
Pro Bowler, all that, got hurt. So he's a free agent right now. Surprisingly enough, hasn't been signed. Has met with the Steelers, though. Okay. I like that idea. That would be really cool. He was a playmaker on the Colts. I'm a little bit surprised they let him go, and I'm a little bit surprised he has no market for him right now. He's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. He was an all-pro. He was a pro bowler. Really good player. I would say he was a top 10 defensive, or like safety at one point. Just because he got hurt, he's still really young. That'd be a really good addition to Minka. You could rotate him in there in almost like a slot position as well. He can cover tight ends really well. I like that. He's a little bit more physical, can come to the line of scrimmage, make the plays. He's a little bit like a Terrell Edmonds, but a little bit quicker. He's almost like a hybrid between Edmonds and Minka. He's like an Edmonds, but like good. I I, I don't want to say he can fill the Mike Hilton role because he's not as small and shifty and probably not as good as a blitzer Mm -hmm. as Mike Hilton was, but he'll be able to cover the tight ends, some of the slot receivers. I don't think it would be a bad pickup. Now, if the number's right. Because we, we are paying a lot of people some decent stuff, and uh, so we'll see. Last but not least here in this little news segment, Urban Meyer came out and said, some of the long lines, oh, it's going to be really tough like integrating Tebow. Well, then why'd you sign him? Yeah. We thought that was because you wanted a guy in the room preaching your stuff. He's a decent leader. He's a good guy. He's at least a guy you want in your business. You don't really care what he's doing, but he works hard. He's dedicated. He'll preach what you want. You know, you kind of figure out what to do with him later. If you're now you're having second thoughts, why'd you bring him in? Why'd you bring him in? He's not that integral of a piece. Right. Now you can sit here and say, well, it's going to be so tough. It's uncharted waters. Then why'd you bring him in? You have a young quarterback you're trying to develop. You're trying to build a culture. You don't need to add distractions. You don't need to add moving parts. If you were going to bring him in and he was going to help steady it and, and kind of right the ship, steady the hand a little bit, that's fine. But if he's going to shake it, if he's going to stir the pot, why, why are you doing it? Yeah. I don't agree with it. So that, that's interesting. Something to monitor. He's already been throwing around Taysom Hill comparisons, that's laughable. Yeah. That, that won't work at all. So No. Uh, that is about all we have for this segment. We will be back, though. Uh, yeah. We have a little bit of reasoning on the Pirates' decline over the past couple uh, of decades. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that in the next segment. A little bit of baseball news coming up, too. And then later on in the last segment, we will have our game with NFL quarterbacks. Stick around. Not going to want to miss any of it. Hey guys, it's Tim from The Issue. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to my new favorite performance brand, Rep Sports, and in specific, Raze Energy. That's R-A-Z-E. Skip the sugary energy drinks that always have a crash. Go get some Raze Energy, zero sugar, high in amino acids. Get their pre-workout, some protein powder, hyper sleep aids, and more. Anything you need to keep your body performing at its peak, you can find at repsports.com. We'll put the link down in the description for this episode. Use code TIMBO, that's T-I-M-B-O, for 15% off along with other benefits. Like I said, the link and the code will be in the description for this episode, so go check it out. What's up? We are back, second segment of the issue. Uh, Starting off with some baseball today, you know? Talking some local audience stuff, pirate baseball... Ugh. It's been shaky. It's been shaky. To say the least. Uh, the Pirates have been a disappointment for literal decades. Being from Pittsburgh and being a big baseball fan, you know, growing up playing baseball, it's tough to watch. It's tough to have a sport that you, you know, that you're so passionate about and your home team is just so abysmal every single year. I mean, let's, let's look at it. We had the playoff run in 2013. 2014 and that's it 
Well, and then and then was it fifteen uh, as well? We had uh, three, 15, three, 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 three wild card seasons. Only one of them we won though. Yep. And we then got eliminated next round anyway. Swept by the Cardinals in the next. No, round. no, we went to the fifth, fifth game. Yeah. It's 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 a five game set. So we actually took them to a, you know, quote unquote game seven. Then G Cole <laughs> lost in game five. Which is something I'm going to get into also. Yeah, that hurts. So, let's get the reasoning behind why they are so bad, and maybe some ways that we can improve it, help fix it, right? And ways that they can fix it. Good little genie. So, the big thing, was it Clint Hurdle? No, absolutely not. I know when Hurdle was fired and they, you know, there was a lot of speculation around Pittsburgh, oh, maybe it was Hurdle. You know, maybe he, you know, it was the coaching. It wasn't the coaching because now with a new coach, we're able to see they're still really, really bad. The thing that it points to front office, GM, payroll, and ownership. You can throw scouting in there, which front office, you know, scouting is in the front office there. I would say. That's been bad. So this year, the Pirates are next to last in payroll. $55 million is our payroll. And we have now a guy in the MLB, Trevor Bauer, pitching for the Dodgers, is making more this year than the entire Pirates franchise as a whole. Wow. But the thing about the payroll is the Indians are very are the last spot on the payroll. They're dead last, $51 million. But they're second in the AL Central. Which now gets into the scouting department, right? So if you are going to have... It, it can be done, right? You can have a low payroll and still be competent At as a team. At least competitive. At least competitive. You look at the drafting. It's horrible. The Pirates, our farm team is everywhere else in the MLB, you know, you get drafted, you're in the A system, you're trying to work your way up to play for that big league team someday, right? The, yeah. In your organization, within your organization. The Pirates, they have more of a work your way up so you can get traded mentality. Yeah. You get to AAA, you become a top prospect, and then you get traded for, you know, some relief pitcher. Right, and that's the problem within the organization the culture of the Pirates organization. Everybody knows, it's no secret to the players that the Pirates are horrible. You can't fool the players. If you're going to be a player and you're in the Pirates system and you're in the A system, are you going to be, I mean, yes, you're motivated to make it to the MLB no matter where you get your shot. But are you going to be as motivated to work for a team and work your way up and be like, all right, someday I'll be able to play at PNC Park for the Pirates. They're not going to pay me anything and they're going to trade me as soon as I get good. Where's the motivation to actually put a team together and have a team that's going to fight, scrap, and get to get to at least a playoff appearance, even if you know your payroll's so on your back like this? No. There, there, there is none. And then also, can we stop trading every single good player that comes into the city? Please. We traded McCutcheon for God knows why. He was the only thing that still kept fans coming to the ballpark. At that point, he's more of a face than he is a player. You have to hold on to the, the face of your franchise. That'd be like if the Penguins started to be terrible and they were just like, nope, we're trading Crosby to Philadelphia. Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay, so you trade McCutcheon, you trade Garrett Cole, 
which Tyler Glass not could I could get behind that. He was not very good for us. That's just one you got to swallow the pill and lose. Austin Meadows though, throwing him in there. What are we What are we doing? Traded Charlie Morton, who then went and pitched in the World Series for the Astros. Joe Musgrove. Joe Musgrove. <laughs> I mean, the list is on and on. If you go through, even going back in the day, Jose Bautista was a Pirate. So the Pirates have a very clear trend. They get a player, even if he's a top draft pick. We usually have top draft picks. Josh Bell. Pretty bad. He's one bad half season, and we just sell See ya. Bye. Why? Who knows? Another thing. Can we keep, can we keep a catcher other than Jacob Stallings? And why is every single... We, we rotate through catchers more than anyone. I don't know. If it's not Russell Martin, then it's Francisco Cervelli. And then Cervelli's gone, and we're going to settle for Jacob Stalling starting behind the dish of every single of every single Pirate game. Thank God we traded Elias Diaz. Yeah, he's not good. I'm actually happy we got rid of him, though. I'd rather Stallings. But, I mean, you look down up and down this organization, and there's problems everywhere. There's holes. The front office and ownership, nothing's going to change until there's new ownership. Until there's new owners that actually spend money on the players, that hire a competent scouting department to go out and get good players, a good GM that has relationships around the league that can actually make deals, work deals. I don't think anything changes until then. What What about if I uh, said there's going to be a salary cap and a salary floor? I feel like a salary floor would be really good. I agree. Um... Say so set it at what seventy five. What we what's our payroll this year? Fifty five million. What about seventy five million? Yeah, at least spend seventy five million. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a genius. I'm not a math whiz. I'm sure there'd be some sort of algorithm. I mean, because right statistic. now the, the Indians are doing it with fifty one million. Yeah, and they're second in the AL Central. So, I mean, you have to have the right pieces around you. Even if they're not being paid, you need to at least have the right players. Pirates don't have any of that. What are we doing? We have Gregory Polanco DHing for us in half of our games. What are we doing? He's just not good. He every now and then his power's okay. He's so inconsistent. Marte was our best outfielder. Why did we get rid of him? Who knows? Who knows? Am I surprised? Nope. Nope. Cabrian Hayes is starting to get good. Excited to trade him. See what we get back for him at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be probably gone. be next year. He'll. Put, I'm guessing he'll. Continue having a pretty good year this year, and then next year he'll start off slow, and we'll probably trade him. Yep. That's usually what we do at any sign of of being, you know, worse than you were. You're probably going to get traded. So, try to see what we get out of him. But it's just it's ridiculous. I mean, what do you think? Do you think anything changes until ownership shifts? Or I think a, a ceiling and a floor would be good salary wise. Do you think we ever see that in baseball though? Because it's been um, proposed so many times, and all the owners vote against it. Yeah, I think we do see it, because I think you're going to really start to see... Baseball's losing some market here. We're going to talk later in the next segment about another reason why I think they could be losing some viewership, talking about pitching and offense and you know needing to make the game a little bit more exciting. Mm-hmm. You're losing some people there. You don't need to be losing people on two fronts, like losing people on a... This just isn't competitive basis. Nobody nobody wants to go watch the Pirates. His yeah. ratings are awful. You're losing money. So just you know, spending more money to make more money, 
I think is just it's logical, and you don't want to be losing fans because teams are just abysmal. They're just not good. They're not competitive. Right, and it's going to be really hard to have the money to pay a team, too, when you're not bringing in the most money because you're not competitive. Yeah. Right? So think about it. How much... Most of the... I think we said this on maybe last week's episode or the one before. Most of the money and the revenue from a team comes from TV deals and marketing deals. Yeah. The Pirates don't get any primetime games. Who's turning on... Who's turning on, like, Memorial Day? Pirates versus... The Royals at Kauffman Stadium. Who's tuning into that? Nobody. No one's tuning into that. No one cares. I don't know. It's um, it's a sad thing we have to live with here in Pittsburgh. But, I mean, Pirates are at the bottom of the division, just about where we thought they'd be at this point. Um, you know, going to have to make some adjustments. Yeah, I agree. Soon. So, um, NHL draft, the lottery, you know, results – Came out, the top two picks were revealed. Buffalo, the Buffalo Sabres get the number one overall pick. And behind them is the new franchise, the Seattle, what, Kraken? Kraken? The Kraken. Kraken. The number two pick. That's a good pick for an expansion team. It is. Because they get to then pick from other teams, right? You can only, certain teams can only protect so many players. Then you have a big pool of people to pick from. So Mm -hmm. you're going to get some pretty good people. And not only good people, you're going to get depth. Yep. That's one thing. Expansion franchises have good depth. Because... You know, most NHL teams have at least competitive teams. The top half of the league has about five players that are solid B B to B plus players or above. That they can't protect. Well, no, that total, but they can only protect like three of them. Yeah. You're getting two to three B minus to B plus, like good quality players from every team. You have that uh, that pool from every team. So you're getting a roster full of, you know, Average to above average players. You might, now you might not get as many stars. That's where that's why the second pick is so crucial. You can go out and get a star. So you're not going to get a lot of stars, but you're going to get some very good pieces. And to get the number two pick, the Kraken are probably going to be competitive. Just like the Knights were really competitive in their first year, and then did they win the cup in their first year or in the second year? The second year, I think, or it got very close. They at least made it to the finals. Let's see. Wait, did the Knights win the cup? In their first year. Let's check it out. I don't think they won it their first year. I think the Penguins won it their first year. Right? Okay, May 20, 2018, the Golden Knights became the third team in NHL history to advance to the Stanley Cup final in their inaugural season, so they got there. Yeah. That's just, that. that's so impressive. So I think the Kraken are going to be really competitive. Yeah. Once it gets it. closer to that, we're going to start talking about who the Pens can protect and who they can't. Right. And, and the NHL does a very good job with their expansion teams. They do. Um, yeah, they're agree. usually competitive right off the bat. They're not much of a joke. Um, and, and, I mean, that's really the best thing that you can do when you're trying to start a new team, right? If you're going to try to develop a new team in a new market, they gotta be if, decent. If, if your team's gonna suck the first year in that market, well, then you're gonna lose most of your market. Yeah. So, I mean, the NHL does a great job at making those teams super competitive right off the bat, and uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to see how Seattle does this year. I think it'll be a cool hockey town. It's up there. Oh yeah. It's close to Canada. You know, yeah. kind of the birthplace of hockey. Cold, rainy, kind of crappy weather. Get right. to be inside. Yeah. Right. It'll be. Uh, 
and it's it's a fun city too. Yeah, and we have a strong listenership in Seattle too. Oh, do so, we really? Yeah, we'll start covering some some crack and stuff here mm-hmm. once the uh, the expansion draft starts. Yeah, I actually think what you're saying. How about the how the NHL does a good job of making sure their expansion teams are at least competitive? That's something that the uh, the NFL actually doesn't do. No, think about the the Jaguars have been terrible forever. I think they're the newest NFL team. Mm-hmm. Trying to think, maybe the Texans, but either way, both of them have been so bad since they got into the league. Just awful, awful teams. So, I mean, something interesting to think about there. The NHL got a little bit of the edge there. They do, they do. All right, so how about some news? College baseball. Oh, wow. I, I can watch college baseball for just hours on end. It yep. is so interesting, especially this year. I mean, I, I was telling you, During I think, break, I think yeah. Florida is about to uh, – Get eliminated from the regionals. They hosted a regional, lost last night. I think they're about to lose today to South Alabama. They're down fourteen to one to South wow. Alabama. It was ten to one at the break. Yeah, they're down fourteen to one to South Alabama in the top of the seventh here. Central Michigan's beating Michigan seven to one. Wow. South Southern Mississippi is beating who is this? Southeast Missouri State twenty to nothing. Wow, what a blowouts. Um, Virginia beating Jacksonville University eight to seven. Duke beating Wright State right now in the seventh. Um, Oregon State up on McNeese State in the fifth. Maryland up on Norfolk State fourteen nothing in the fifth. And uh, Indiana State beating Presbyterian four nothing in the bottom of the second. Wow! All right, some marquee matchups later in the day. We'll just get to the good ones here. I think Oklahoma State at Grand Canyon at four o'clock is going to be a good one. Um, uh, ooh, not that one. Miami and South Florida at 4 p.m. is going to be a good one. Oh, Ole Miss and Florida State at 6 p.m. is going to be a really good one. Florida State's one of those teams that had a down year but are still really competitive, really talented. Right. Going to give Ole Miss a run. Tennessee at Liberty, or Tennessee playing Liberty at 6 p.m., that's going to be a good one. Notre Dame at UConn at 6. TCU Dallas Baptist at 7. Um, how about Old Dominion, South Carolina? So it's actually Old Dominion's regional that they're hosting, but their field isn't, like I guess, good enough, so they're doing it at South Carolina. So South Carolina's playing at home, but they're not the home team because Old Dominion's hosting the regional. That's interesting. It is interesting. Um, Arizona State and Texas at 7, and then the big one, Georgia Tech and Vandy at 7. There's just a really a lot of good games. Texas Tech and UNC at 9, Oregon and Gonzaga at 10. I mean, it's, it's a loaded Loaded baseball day. Um, even Division Two, uh, Tampa and some other team are, are in a pretty good game right now. There's just baseball all over the place. I love college baseball. Yeah, college baseball is the best. Um, I love watching the, the playoff pushes down and uh, down through you know, on the way to Omaha and the College World Series. It's, it's always fun to watch. I remember, I mean, there's always... Growing up playing baseball, you'd always be in your like tournament season while the college baseball World Series is going on. Yeah. So you know those were the best days. All in the hotel with your buddies sitting around. You're like you'd have a couple early games. You'd, you'd right. play at ten and noon and or, or ten and one. Yeah. And you'd be back at the uh, hotel by five o'clock. Catch all the really good night games. Order pizza. Right. Hang out. Right. Order pizza. You're sitting down in the lobby chilling, watching some college baseball. And uh, I mean. It's it's such a fun it's a, fun sport to watch, fun atmosphere too, especially at the college level. They play with so much intensity and fire and passion. Yeah, it's so refreshing to see. Right. Um, 
But yeah, go tune to some college baseball. Yeah, go watch a game. Uh, there should be a lot of it, especially down through I'd say until like what mid mid June. At least, so we're only in regionals now, and then you got the whole College World Series. So yeah, I mean, what's probably end of June, maybe. Yeah, a lot of baseball to watch. So hey, go yeah. go catch a college game. Yeah, right. If you have one near you, definitely go catch a college game. They're exhilarating in person. Have you ever been to one? Oh yeah. Oh, there's there's so I can only imagine a, an atmosphere like a Tennessee or an Ole Miss. Yeah. With the beer shower in right field. Yep. I mean, just high intensity, a lot of energy. I'd love to go to one. So we'll have to look at uh, maybe doing that. Speaking of intensity, playoff hockey, some more scores here. The Bruins, um, in overtime, I said, beat the uh, beat the Islanders to take a 2-1 series lead. Mm-hmm. And then the Canadians end up taking the 2-0 series lead. Um, oh, yeah, the Lightning already won. Yeah, so that's about it with, uh, with hockey there. That's about it for our second segment. Yeah. Um, coming back for the third segment, we have probably one of, one of the most interesting games that we've played here on the show. Where we will be weird comparisons. Yeah, we are comparing NFL quarterbacks to car brands. Uh, sounds crazy now, but you will understand once we actually get into it. Um, We're also gonna have a little bit of a debate on baseball and what they are gonna do with the foreign substances. So don't go anywhere. Make sure you come back. Third segment gonna be phenomenal. What's up, guys? It's the uh, boys here from The Issue. We just wanted to give the guys over at Rockville a formal shout-out. Yeah, they are fantastic. They have everything from lighting to audio for your car, your boat, and power sports, along with, you know, that's even where we got our new equipment for the studio. Yeah, no, absolutely. For some great equipment, um, hit up Rockville Audio. Check out their great prices um, for all your audio, uh, podcast, microphone needs. What's going on? Third segment, we are back to this uh, this can be our funnest segment yet, I think. Funnest, yeah. yeah. No, okay. I'm using the, I'm using the word funnest. Okay. Funnest. I think it's a word. I think so. Uh, it People is. People want to say it's most fun. No, no, no. Funnest. All right. Yeah. It's this is our best segment of the day. How come funniest is a word? I don't but know. But one letter, funnest isn't a word. I don't know. It's the funnest. Whatever. Anyway, me and you are going to have a full blown debate right now. Okay. We disagree on some things. Yeah. With baseball, too. Yeah. Both of our passions. Okay. All right. Foreign substances in baseball. Clearly, they become an issue. At least this season. You see all the videos. Guys, you know, with the hat, with the glove. A little bit on the arm, maybe, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe a little on the belt, right? You know, something like that. Something. People's fingers being literally brown from the from pine tar yeah what do you think they should do about it which what i'm gonna pose that question to you first i'm gonna put it on you first what do you think there is to do about it what should the mlb do about the foreign substances yes do you think there even is do you think they should do anything about it i think things become unfair when one person has an advantage that the other one does not if somebody can hide it better and use it to their advantage, and somebody else can't. Where they just don't have the ability, don't or, have the stones to do it, period. Right. And they can't, and they don't get the benefits from it while somebody else does. That is the problem. So, the way to fix the problem, either give everybody the advantage, so it's fair, everybody's pitching with an advantage, or completely get rid of it. 
so that nobody has the advantage and be extremely strict with it. How, what, um, okay, okay. So when you say give everyone the advantage, now would you almost like when you they used to have rosin bags on the back of the mountain, you put in a stick of pine tar, are we doing that much? Or are you just saying, are you just opening it up and saying, hey, it's not, it's not banned anymore? Like, how are you doing? Are you making it regular, regular? Or are you just letting them know that it's not a violation anymore? I'm just letting them know it's not a violation anymore because you know me very well. I played baseball. I have extremely sweaty hands all the time. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. My hands are always extremely sweaty. It's like a weird condition. I don't even know. If I didn't have a rosin a rosin bag while I was pitching, I wouldn't be able to pitch. You'd hit someone. I would I wouldn't be able to throw a strike. It would slide out of my hand every single time. Yeah. So if everybody is allowed to do it, then everybody has the same event. If you don't do it, then it's just like, okay. That'd be like, if if you have the ability, if it's not illegal to do it and you don't do it, like... Yeah, it's almost your fault. It's almost you know, your you're, fault. You're picking to not do it. See, I... You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I feel like yeah. you have to have rosin bags or, or a little bit See, of pine tar. I Look, wonder if... I don't think it should be completely illegal. I think in small doses... You allow some things to be okay. You can. This won't be illegal anymore. I was gonna say. I wonder if they could find a substance that's not as sticky and not as beneficial as pine tar, but still provides a little bit of that same stick, a little bit of that same, you know, able grip. to spin the ball a little better. You know. So I wonder w- if what would your side be on on this? Oh, I want it gone. I want it totally gone. Okay. Um, well. Baseball is just getting boring. I love watching baseball. I love following baseball. I get the inner workings of the game, the the, the pitcher-hitter dynamic, you know, what every position on the field is going through in their head right now, what the catcher's thinking, even what the umpire's thinking. I know every little inner working of a baseball game. Right. I know what the manager's thinking at any given, given time, most of the time, right? I'm saying, well, this is what I would do. Here's, you know, the situation. Here's what I think they're going to throw, stuff like that. And a lot of baseball players or former baseball players can do that. I'm getting so sick and tired of seeing strikeouts and a lack of base runners. It is brutal. You need more base runners. The game is more exciting when there's guys on base. There's stealing. There's hitting runs. There's bunts. There's cool, crazy plays. There's rundowns. There's Javier Baez making the Pirates look so stupid. <laughs> it was against the my hometown team, the Pirates, and I still was enthralled watching it because you couldn't imagine... A major league team being this bad, right? <laughs> you watch it. That's you want baseball in the spotlight. I don't care if it's because the pirates suck. You want that in the spotlight. You want something like that to to draw people to your sport. Mm-hmm. Less base runners is less excitement, less draw to the game. It's frankly more boring because people that haven't played baseball, which is most of your demographic, I know they. Well, no, I don't know. I, I'd say a large. I feel like there's a lot of people that never play baseball that watch baseball, right? Yeah. That's a large part of your target audience, right? They don't understand that... They don't understand how difficult it is for the pitcher to do what they're doing, right? Yeah. So, we can... As baseball fans, we can sit here and admire all these pitchers are dominant right now. To the average fan, they're just like, 
This is boring to watch. This guy just struck out 16 people, and uh, there was no home runs, no hard hits, no diving plays. Also, this isn't just for hitters. This is for defense, too. I want to see more exciting defensive plays. Mm-hmm. More balls in play means more diving plays. Yeah. More diving plays is more excitement, okay? More home runs, more hits, more doubles, more throw them out of the plate, more first to third, right fielders gunning them, right? It's just more excitement. Yeah. It's better It's a, It's a. better gameplay, and it's... it's Okay, look, so I'm going to throw out some, some, some numbers. In 2008, 42% of swings in the MLB were put in play. 42%, that's almost half. Now, 2021, 35.4%. Of swings are put in play. Are, of swings are put in play. Hmm. That's not good. That's just, and it, you start to look at fairness as well. How fair is it? Like you talked about, you if you give everyone the advantage, are you almost you're getting to a point where you're kind of illegitimizing the game a little bit? Yeah, I would you, say you're. It would just be it would be odd. I'm not sure. It's hard to explain. It'd almost be saying like you just let everyone use steroids. When it's like okay, well then how about the records when people didn't use steroids? Even though it's now widely accepted as legal. What about the people that didn't use steroids and now all their records are getting shattered? Yeah. You're illegitimizing the game. Also, I want to talk about the fact that this, I think this goes hand in hand with shifts, defensive shifts. I hate defensive shifts. A couple steps here and there, that's fine. Putting your third baseman out there playing leapfrog with your right fielder and they're hanging out, having a good time, having a couple beers in right field (laughs) because they're standing so close to each other. And having Manny Machado throw someone out from shallow right field because that's where he's playing because a guy likes to pull the ball. In 2015, 20% of plays, or 20% of at-bats or whatever, were in the shift. In 2021, 40%. It doubled in six years. Yeah. We're out of the shift. Yeah. I don't want to see a guy absolutely smoke a ball to the third baseman standing in right center field. Well, I mean... Nobody wants that. I understand you're trying to do... the to do what you need to win the game, there's also got to be a line of, let's have some some competitive fun. All these guys want to say, oh, let the boys play and then make baseball fun again. Here's how you make baseball fun again. You say, oops, guy smoked it in the gap. So what that I don't have my, my third baseman out there. It's, it's going to come back to benefit you eventually anyway. People are saying, well, it gives me a competitive advantage to have him out here. Well, you're going to get it paid back to you anyway when your big lefty rakes one into the gap and their third baseman's not there. Yeah. Okay, it balances out. I understand you want to put the best thing out there in order to win the game. But that's just not fun anymore. Yeah. I don't know. For me, it comes down to strategy. And the numbers and statistics and playing the statistics, like baseball has always been about, it's been a numbers game. Look, if you're an MLB caliber hitter and you hit the ball on the ground to the right side in 80% of your bats, that's kind of on you. If you are that predictable, think about it in football. If you have a very predictable offense and you're going to line up in that offense every single time you have that predictable thing that's going to happen, dude, defenses are going to 
move to a different defensive formation so that they can better defend it. Yeah. It's not my fault that you roll over on 98% of the balls that you swing at and hit it to the shortstop. Okay, if you're going to do that, guess what? I'm going to take my second baseman and I'm going to put him over there in between the third baseman and the shortstop because you can't stop hitting the ball there until you can show me and prove to me that you can wait on a baseball and push it the other way and actually have some skill and some directional hitting like you're supposed to have at the top level, well then show me somebody that can do that. And then you know what? Maybe I'll start getting away from the shift when you prove to me you can be a hitter instead of just somebody that swings at the ball at the same time every single time and hits in the same spot. Show me that you're a baseball player that you can develop, that you can swing directionally, hit behind runners. Show me you can do some of that. And maybe I'll stop disrespecting you by putting it where I know you're going to hit into an out every time. It's your own damn fault. Okay, I agree a little bit. But the analogy with the football, so, yeah, you, you change into a little bit of a different defense. But there's, like, seven different offenses that you can do as an offense. And there's, like, a bunch of different defenses. That isn't a normal game, right? That's Those are the little counters here and there. Baseball, it's like, there's not another offense you can run. Like, it's like, yeah, oh, well, then hit the other way. It's like, thanks. I, mean, I get that. Can. So there's a, like that's just kind of more part of football's offense. You got to adjust and stuff. Baseball, it's like, dude, it's, it's hitting. Hitting's hitting. You you can't just like think of a different offense to run. It's not like you can just line up in a different formation, right? Right. But you have to completely rework a baseball player. So it's just I. You can. I understand you want to, you know, like I said, you want to win and all that, but it's just there's also a balance of you got to keep it fun. I mean, you got to keep it more competitive. Yeah, but I mean, you could argue it could make it more competitive with the shift because now that it puts more pressure on the hitter to be better, be able to hit the other way. You're, I was a base, I was a baseball player. I played yeah. all the way up through high school. I had a couple of Division three college offers. Even at Division three level, you're expected to know how to hit the baseball in oh, all yeah. directions of the field. No, I agree. You but should you know also how, didn't face any shifts. Right, but you should be able to take an inside pitch if you're an MLB caliber hitter, you're one of the best hitters of a baseball on the planet. You should be able to wait on a baseball and push it the other way if you need to. If you're going to... And that's what I always laugh. Like People are like, oh, I'll take the shifts away. Why? Because if somebody's going to shift on me and play the left side of the field, okay, guess what? I'm not going to swing at a pitch until it's on the outer third of the plate. And if unless, they pound you in? Unless I get to the two strikes, in which case... You can take, you can hit an inside pitch the other way. It's very hard to do. Yeah, you're probably gonna break your bat. You can do it, or just yeah. if you're gonna get an inside pitch, right, then so, say, you know what, I like inside pitches. Turn on it and smack that thing four hundred. <laughs> so hear me out. What if we found a middle ground where we said you can shift, but shortstop can't go. It can, he only has a certain distance on either side of second base that he can go. I like that. So what what if I said like okay, second base you can't like so third baseman can't cross second base and go to the other side of the infield. Second baseman can't cross. Okay. But you can have the shortstop go to 10 feet on either side of the bag. That way you can kind of play a little bit of middle. I like that and here's why I think about it. It covers you actually would cover more ground mm-hmm. as a, as an infield, but there'd be more holes to hit through. Yeah. So that way if he does pull it, he's still hitting towards someone. But he's got a better chance. Uh, he's got a bigger hole to go through. Right. 
but the shortstop's still going to be close enough to where you can make a diving play, make it interesting like I was referencing earlier. Because I do agree with you on some points that... Where it's like, I, it's ridiculous. I, I, I do hate that they... Five would... infielders, and they're all on the right side of the infield. <laughs> yeah. And it's a some guy the... who's just like a Prince fielder who's hopelessly pulling the ball or something like that. It's just like... Some of the some of the shifts are ridiculous, and I do like that. Kind of put a put a cap on it, just like in football. You can't you can only have so many guys on the line of scrimmage. You yeah, can only have so many guys on the ball. You there's rolls of motions. You can't have more than one guy in motion. So I like that. Add there's some a formation. Rules to it. And if if you violate the formation, it's almost like a balk. You don't advance the runner, but you would add a ball maybe. Right. I like maybe that. maybe you don't do it to the point where you you know move a runner. They should, uh, but add a ball. They should. They should put us in charge of rule making for the MLB. I mean, that was pretty nice, right? That there. was beautiful. That was awesome. That was beautiful. Let's get to our game. I'm excited. All right, I'm... sounds good. So this is our new game that we're starting today. Um, we are comparing NFL quarterbacks to a car brand that best fits them, um, like their skill set wise. We'll, we'll start with our exa- We'll start with our example of our first one we have on there. So just to explain the game to you guys, our first quarterback we have is Patrick Mahomes. We would compare him to a Tesla. Yeah. Um, he's not changed the NFL quarterback game, but he kind of has as well. He was one of the first people to come in and uh, show us that it's got to be important to, or it's important that you have to be able to throw off different platforms. You've got to be able to throw on the run. You gotta have a plus arm nowadays. You can't have a noodle arm. The days of look, Matt Ryan's a good quarterback, accurate, on time, throws a good deep ball, doesn't have the zing, doesn't have the mobility. He's automatically on the downswing. He just was up for MVP two, three years ago. He's now on the downswing, four years ago maybe. Either way, he's not that far out of his prime. Now he's about a year or two from being gone. Yeah, because Patrick Mahomes is revolutionizing the game. He's a Tesla. First electric car kind of revolution. Um, wasn't it the first electric car? It's, it's One like, of the first. Yeah, it was. It's, it's the, the first full, real. It's the full. It's the first full EV. Yes. Yeah, and like real, you know, electric car brand, right? He is the mold. Tesla's gonna be the mold for all the EV cars going forward. That's that's the mold. Patrick Holmes is the mold. He's the first of this special new amazing brand of quarterbacks just like tesla with this brand of ev cars okay so then the second quarterback we have on the list aaron Rodgers. we have him compared to an audi i don't know if anyone out there has known someone who's had an audi or if you've had an audi yourself you you know break it transmit your transmission you know dies out on you you have something go wrong with the brakes or something like that how come everyone that has an audi it takes forever to get parts in it's tough to fix. It's expensive to fix. The, the parts are expensive. They're hard to find. So it's a really, really nice car when it's working. Aaron Rodgers is a really, really nice car. Top three quarterback in the league. Really, really nice quarterback when he's going, mm-hmm. when he's rolling. Devontae Adams is healthy. But if something goes wrong, Aaron's had broken his collarbone a couple times, some issues with the front office, Devontae Adams gets hurt, you start to see some some issues. Yeah. Falls behind to Brady in that Bucks game, totally deflates the team. They get crushed, right? You see, you see that a little bit with Aaron. If things go a little bit south, they're not a hundred percent right with the car, with with the team, with him. Things aren't that great. Just like an Audi, you go to get a fix, fat check in your pocket, or coming out of your pocket, I guess. 
Aaron Rodgers, expensive. So right. it, it fits. Right. Third quarterback, Josh Allen. We have him compared to a Jeep Wrangler. My argument was that Jeep Wrangler doesn't really look like any other car on the market. No. Josh Allen looks like no other quarterback on the market. He's big. He's the best running back and quarterback on his team. Even Lamar. Lamar's the only other quarterback that can say that, I think. And J.K. Dobbins is giving him a run for his money. He's a really good running back. I think he's going to be pretty good. Only one other quarterback in the league and in history of the NFL. I think those are the only two quarterbacks, maybe with Michael Vick. So two of three quarterbacks in the history can say, I'm the best running back and thrower of the football on my team. He doesn't look like any of the other quarterbacks on the market. Yeah. 6'5", 240, can run, can throw, any angle. He's he's accurate now. He's consistent. He's got a, a real deep threat in Stephon Diggs. Jeeps, Jeep Wranglers don't look like any other car on the market. You can take the roof off. You can take the doors off. Uh, why don't you remove the windshield wire there? You can do. You can take that car down to the to the frame in two minutes. You know it doesn't look like any other car on the market. Next quarterback up, Tom Brady. We have him compared to a Ford. Well, what isn't that the um? What's what's the the uh, the award for the most dependable? Most um, dependable full size pickup on the road. Yeah. What is that? What's the brand for that? Uh, JD is it JD Power and Associates or something like that? I don't know. You know, one of those awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, they they awarded the F-150 and and a bunch of other Fords, you know, the most dependable cars. I would agree. They're fairly easy to get fixed. Parts are fairly easy to come by. So if things go wrong, it's not that hard to fix it. He writes the ship pretty quickly. So does Tom Brady. He covers up blemishes, fixes a lot of stuff pretty easily. I would say Tom's an upper tier F-150, like a nice decked out 150, dependable, still gets the job an done. F1, an F-150 Raptor. He, yeah. He's a go-getter too, you know. Yeah, so. he, he's kind of that, you know, California cool, starting to get that bigger brand now, like an F-150. Everybody knows what an F-150 is. He got that. Right. Everyone knows who Tom Brady is. He's dependable. He'll be there. He's only missed one full season ever, barely ever been banged up, so he's dependable. Play with a bum knee this past year and won the Super Bowl, so... You can drive an F one fifty with a with a you know a little bit of a bad fender. It'll be just fine. You're right. good. Right. Uh, next up, Baker Mayfield. We have him compared to any type of convertible. This includes a Jeep Wrangler, but not like a standard Jeep Wrangler. A Jeep Wrangler with all the doors and and, and windows and and roof off. Yeah. Here's why: a convertible and a Jeep Wrangler both. When the day is nice and everything's in line for you. You know, you got a cooler in the back. You're going to have some some fun with the with some friends. You're in a convertible. You're driving. It's summertime or a Jeep Wrangler. Got the hat back. Word. He's a really good quarterback when everything's perfect. When the sun's shining, birds chirping, no clouds in the sky. He's a good quarterback. He can win you games. When he, when his offensive line is healthy. When he's got a good running game. When his wide receivers are working. When he's got a good coach. The pass rush isn't too bad. He's a good quarterback. Top. 12 when he's when, like when that happens put the pressure on rain starts to come down well now you're getting wet the top's down the doors are off you're getting soaked when when pressure starts to close in on baker it's not the best car anymore you kind of want you're like i want to get out I'm, <laughs> I'm done with this ride you know <laughs> yeah. when he plays pittsburgh every time he plays pittsburgh i'm sure cleveland fans are like i want to i want to get out of the car now when he throws that pick six to mink on the first drive they're like i want to leave you know <laughs> yeah it started to rain they were sunny they're pulling into the pulling into the stadium top down first drive it starts raining like i want to get out of the car now so that's 
Baker's a convertible or a Jeep with all the doors off. All right. Next up, Russell Wilson. We have him compared to a Mercedes-Benz. See, now I like this because Mercedes is also dependable. Russ, Russ, unlike, uh, unlike most other quarterbacks, him and Tom Brady are, are two of a kind. I think Mahomes is getting there where they just spend so much money and time and effort on their bodies and perfecting their crap. They're all football all the time. Russ is working out in Arizona every day. Brady's, you know, fasting for seven months to be in football shape. You know, they just do anything they need. And so they're dependable, much like a Mercedes is. But unlike the Ford dependable, Mercedes has a little more bells and whistles, right? right. Russ has a little more bells and whistles than a Brady. He can run around a little more. He probably throws a better deep ball. I'd say right now he's a better thrower of the football than Brady. Um, he's got all the bells and whistles. He throws a great deep, great deep ball. That that sky ball yeah, doesn't really get hit. He's a good leader. Mercedes is a, is a leader in the industry, right? They're, you know, they've been around. They're a blue chip, you know. Blue chip company. Yeah. The best or nothing, Mercedes-Benz. Yeah. And so I would say that that's a Russ. He's, he's been, the last eight years, a top 10 quarterback. To finish it off, Ben Roethlisberger, we have him compared to a 2010 Chevy Silverado. So here's why. <laughs> You're not driving that thing to the beach, right? You're not driving a 2010 Silverado, you know, a couple thousand miles. A couple hundred thousand miles. Whatever. You're not doing that. Yeah. You're going to drive them around town, right? You're going to – you throw – Big Ben, if he throws 25 to 30 times a game, I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling pretty good. Now, if he's throwing like 50 to 60 like he was this past year, I don't like it because he's got 175,000 miles on him. <laughs> uh, he's got some dents in him, some nicks. Still runs okay. Yeah. He'll get you around town no problem. you got to go down to Ace Hardware – you know, throw some wood in the back, he will be just fine. He can carry you for a game or two, right? But you're not driving him to the beach with all the luggage in the back and six people weighing down that thing. You'll be lucky to get to Myrtle Beach from here. I don't think it's going to work, right? Yeah. Just like a 2010 Silverado, it'll get the job done around town. Big Ben's not going to get the job. He's not going to carry a team for 17 games. 13 to 14, he'll be a fairly good quarterback if you play him right. If you play him 25 times, uh, throw him 25 times a game, you know, maybe a couple deep balls, dial it up. He's got one or two good deep balls a game. It's good. It's yeah. good. He'll be an average quarterback at that. And a 2010 Silverado around town is a very average car, very average truck. Perfect. Well, that finishes our game. That finishes the episode. That's all we have for you guys today. Uh, make sure you're going to our website, www.theissuepodcast.godaddy.com. It's also in the description of the episode, so go in, check it out, sign up for our email uh, newsletter. Yep, starting um, next week, right? That's going to happen. So, so sign up, get on that. Um, you know, you're not going to want to miss anything from us. It'll it'll be big. We have a lot of stuff to roll out within the coming weeks that'll be in that newsletter. Yeah. Also, um, while you're on the website signing up for the newsletter, check out um, pretty soon here. We're still working on it, but looking for some premium um, packages. I would say buy definitely by football season because we're going to have some uh, some fantasy leagues if you guys are interested. And uh, so, you know, look out for that in the coming month or so. So Absolutely. We have a lot going on here, and you guys are going to get the best of it. So stick around, you know, Maybe a giveaway, a giveaway probably next week Absolutely. of some sort. We're going to see. We're going to try to organize a little giveaway. You guys can sign up through the newsletter, maybe the first. Yeah. You know, so many people to sign up for the newsletter. We'll uh, 
do a little bit of a giveaway, answer your name in a little giveaway. Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, so, guys, make sure you're staying up to date. Follow our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast. Go to our Twitter at the issue podcast. Uh, follow us on both platforms. Check out our link tree. Go to the everything. And, uh, you know, thanks for listening to the issue, guys.